It's Friday, January 14th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, we've had talks. We haven't had a lot of movement. We've had some back and forth uh, between the players and uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, so far, reports are that the players aren't very happy with the proposals that have come through. Uh, they haven't necessarily responded with a counteroffer of their own yet, but uh, you know, at least they're talking, but they're not really saying what they want, what what we want to hear them say yet. Yeah, Joe, that was uh, yesterday. They uh, met owners and players uh, via Zoom uh, for the first time in 42 days, first time since. You know, the lockout was declared on December 2nd, um, you know, I, and I don't think anybody expected, you know, this, the, the, uh, this thing to get magically resolved in one day. But, uh, you know, like you said, they are talking, uh, the, the owners are expecting a counter proposal from the players uh, at some point. And, uh, you know, the clock is ticking, Joe, I think, uh, you know, there's a chance, there's a, there's a good chance right now that I think, you know, the spring training schedule one way or the other is going to be altered. Right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we're two to three weeks away from that, that point where if, if things aren't, you know, at least close to being done, then you're going to have to start talking about pushing back the report date, pushing back the start of, of uh, exhibition games. And when you get into that, you need that month of, of time for the pitchers uh, to, to get into their routines. Uh, maybe, you know, that four to six weeks of, of time. If you don't have that, then you're, you're definitely going to start talking about, you know, losing games there. Uh, as far as what they've specifically been talking about, we, we heard that uh, the league is, is standing firm on uh, the six-year minimum for uh, players to reach free agency. Uh, but there's there's other there's conversations about, you know, different avenues for players like uh, like Super Twos or young players who, who have, uh, you know, performance benchmarks or whatever uh, that uh, they can get to a point where they're making more money quicker. Yeah, that that's the point of the union. They want younger players to make more money faster uh, just because, uh, you know, they uh, the owners, uh, you know, the 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 basic agreement allows the owners to, uh, you know, if, if you aren't eligible for arbitration or, uh, you know, if you don't have three plus years in, in the big leagues or you don't qualify as a super two, I mean, they, they pay you, you know, teams are, are just, they don't have to, they could pay you just over the minimum salary or at the minimum salary. And uh, you you go from there. And since the rosters are getting younger and younger, the pay, you know, they, it's a way to uh, suppress salaries. Uh, and uh, it sounds like uh, there's been a lot of conversation about the super twos. Um, you know, uh, I think the owners eventually would like to do away with the super two and make it you know, three years, just a just a cut and dry three year service time. Then you're eligible for arbitration. And uh, they've offered uh, just from uh, it sounds like they've offered a, a, an alternate plan that if uh, if you have a one day of service time, you would be grand right now. You would be grandfathered into the current system, you know, which allows you, you twenty two. If you have twenty two, if you have less than three and more than two years, and but you're in that the upper twenty two percent of that class, you qualify for for uh, arbitration. 
and uh, and that they have they have kind of you know would replace that with a a, a, a kind of incentive based uh, uh, program, which if a, a young player let's say wins rookie of the year or wins the Cy Young or MVP in the first three years of his career, his salary would go up as opposed to players that don't. And, uh, you know, I, it, it doesn't sound like the union is going to go for that. Yeah. That, that, and that sounds like it, it puts a lot of uh, the onus, not just on, you know, a player to go out there and perform, but then, you know, voters for awards and, and, you know, different sort of things. I, I can understand where the, the players are coming from seeing guys like, Juan Soto, seeing guys like even Shane Bieber, who's never made more than the major league minimum uh, in, in his career so far. He's, he's set to make more with arbitration this year. But, you know, guys, guys who perform at the higher level instantly when they when they get on, arrive on the scene in those first, you know, three years, uh, they need to be rewarded for that. Now, teams have gone out and done that. Uh, you, you got a guy like a Wander Franco who's sitting on a 10-year uh, contract right now. And he's he's what twenty years old. Uh, I mean, that sort of worked itself out. But you're that's the exception. That's not the rule. Most of these these young players are are coming in, and and they're working for peanuts while they're performing at a high level. And there's no incentive there for them. Yeah, and, and you know that's and it's all legal under the basic agreement. The team the teams have found that way to uh, keep their payrolls down. And uh, the players are, are screaming against it. Hey. So it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens. No, no matter what agreement they come to, no matter what new system they come to, the, the owners and the teams are always going to find that way to, that, always going to find a loophole. They'll just find a different new way to, to go around it. The service time manipulation wasn't an issue, you know, 30 years ago, but it, it becomes that when, when teams want to, you know, manage their payrolls. There will always be, uh, you know, a workaround or a shortcut or a, a way for these teams to to try and, uh, you know, screw over the players. It's it's just what form is it going to take with the, with a new basic agreement? Yeah, and the tanking issue. Uh, the I guess there was a proposal made that uh, if depending on if uh, you keep, let's say, one of your uh, top prospects on the opening day roster, I guess. It, you would probably measure it by the MLB pipelines, top hundred prospects or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, know, again, would, another, another, I, I know. And yeah, it's another outside source influence in the game, putting pressure on the media and uh, well, well, and one that can be controlled by MLB. I mean, that's MLB.com MLB pipeline. Uh, these are all sources that can be controlled by the league that are, <laughs> I, I, I don't see how the players union agrees yeah. with that. And then you would get a draft pick, an extra draft pick, you know, depending a team would get an extra draft pick. If you did that, you know, put mate went out of your way to put a prospect on the opening day roster. Oh, all right. Well, still a mess. Still, uh, yeah. <laughs> miles apart in terms of the, the, the core issues that I think that they need to be at, but uh, you know, we, we, we march on. We'll, uh, we'll continue to monitor the talks until then. No baseball, no free agents, no no signings, no anything. We just we we, we every day I sit here on Major League Baseball Network and watch uh, old uh, playoff games from the seventies. Yeah, and that's, yeah. 
That's just there's over 300 free agents out still out there, Jack. Oh, good lord! I mean, this is going to be this is going to be insane when this thing ends. It's going to be like a uh, you know, a stampede. Yeah, pray for baseball reporters once the free agent signings are, are allowed to start happening. Uh, the Atlantic League announcing that they're going back to 60 feet six inches on the mound and they're eliminating robo umps. Uh, no more automatic ball strike uh, um, uh, strike zones, and uh, you, you won't have pitchers going on strike in the Atlantic League because uh, they don't like pitching from 61 feet uh, six inches uh, next season. Uh, but they will be keeping the the changes that ha- it had the increased base size. I think it was 17 inch bases. Uh, they're going to keep the uh, the tiebreaker rule with the runner starting at second base, which we saw in Major League Baseball during the uh, the uh, COVID season, and the anti-shift rule is going to stay. And I think out of all of those, the anti-shift rule is the one that's uh, you know the most likely to be implemented in Major League Baseball in some way, way shape, or form. Yeah, that's a good point, Joe. There's been so much talk about limiting shifts, and I think this the Atlantic League had what had. You had to keep the infielders had to keep a foot on the dirt, two on and two two, two on the left side and two on the yep. right side of second base. Right, two feet in the dirt, two oh, feet okay. in the dirt, and they had to have two on either side of the two middle infield or two infielders on either side of the second base. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. and I could see they need more data on that. They need more than just one full season. They they need sort of to see how trends develop and and, and everything with that. So. Uh, that one might be another year or two before they start advancing it through um, the minors and Major League Baseball uh, as we go there. All right. Uh, We've been looking uh, during the past week uh, or so, we've been looking at uh, the American League uh, teams. Uh, We've we've arrived at the American League West and what moves they made prior to the lockout, what moves they're going to need to make, uh, after the lockout is lifted, uh, we'll, we'll start with the American League West and uh, and just go through these teams here uh, a little quickly. Uh, starting with the Oakland A's, and I think they're uh, you know one of the teams that's sort of you know they've they've had success over the last few years. Their biggest change, obviously, is in the dugout with with Bob Melvin being uh, being gone. He's he's moved down the coast to uh, to San Diego. And uh, Oakland, uh, Mark Kotze now takes over, but really uh, the the changes changes that they're having there is is the anticipated fire sale uh, of talent uh, that's that's probably going to be leaving real soon from Oakland. Yeah, that it looks that way, Joe. You know, they were eighty six and seventy six last year, finished third, but they've already watched Starling Marte, Mark Kahana. Jan Gomes all sign elsewhere as free agents. Uh, so, and, you know, there's also been talk about Matt Chapman and, and, and Matt Olson being on the trade blocks. So uh, just uh, a, a team, you know, Billy Bean, they usually don't go right down to the, to the, to the floorboards, but it sounds like they, they might be doing that this year in a rebuild. Is there, is there anybody left on that roster who, uh, is is worthy of or you know should be considered for or or would fit uh, for the Guardians that they could maybe pursue it's it's in some way either uh, you know via trade or otherwise. I think Olson. I mean, move 
get him in the first base. Uh, yeah, I think that would be a nice move if, you know, yeah. maybe Bobby Bradley goes back to uh, Oakland uh, or you make a deal that way. That would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, looking at the Angels, uh, another team that's, you know, got top level talent uh, all around the diamond, but they've always had trouble sort of fielding, uh, you know, filling out a pitching staff uh, in recent years. Uh, they they re-signed Rysel Iglesias um, in, in the bullpen, and uh, really their 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 focus after the lockout is is definitely have to be has to be on on pitching, right? Yeah, they they were a terrible pitching team last year. I mean, their bullpen was decent, but the rotation was really really you know struggled. Uh, Alex Cobb is a, gone as a free agent. Dylan Bundy is gone as a free agent. They added, uh, they signed Michael Lorenz. They're going to start him at, with the Red, from the Reds. Uh, Noah Syndergaard got a one-year, $21 million deal. Uh, you know, he's coming off Tommy John surgery. And they signed uh, uh, Aaron Loop, uh, mm-hmm. who did a really nice job for the uh, Mets last year out of the bullpen, 6-0, 0.95. But this is a team, Joe, that, that – you know, with all that kind of upper echelon talent, uh, two two winning seasons in the last nine years, one postseason appearance, and they've got like a hundred seventy million dollar payroll. That, something's got to change with the Angels. They're they are killing the 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 best years of uh, of Mike Trout's career. You know, this past year wasn't wasn't great because he missed almost the entire season, but uh, they are just wasting uh, Mike Trout. He's withering on the vine there. Uh, Noah Syndergaard. Oh, like yeah, you said, and they had, oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, like you said, Noah Syndergaard uh, signed in the offseason. So they've got Thor going to Disney World, which is it's perfect. You know, the, the Marvel connection there. I, I, you were going to say Shohei Otani. So I, I said, yeah, right go ahead. Say Shohei. The franchise, <laughs> the face of the face of baseball. <laughs> and, and what are they going to do with this guy? I mean, do you really, you, you have Shohei Otani win the MVP, win the, I mean, and the AL Cy Young, and I mean, not the AL Cy Young, but what is he? Oh, you just give him every award. Why don't you? Go ahead. Just vote vote for for every award. For the next three, four years. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really, do you consider the Angels a threat in any way? You you just saw it. Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and nobody even considers them a threat to win anything right now. So, no, I, 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 they need to load up on so many arms, and that's why looking at what the Guardians have and and what the Angels don't have, uh, you know, there's they're they're a team that's that's ripe for the picking if if you can work a deal with them. Yeah, they they just need a lot of a lot of pitching, Joe. Just pitching left and right, and uh, you know, and it, it it seems to be the same story every year. They bring in veteran guys like Syndergaard. They break down and. And then they're going with the rotation of five guys you've never heard of. <laughs> That's exactly it. All right. Uh, the Astros. Uh, again, they, they're a team that just always seems to, to hang around and, and, and find success. And, you know, God bless Dusty Baker uh, for, for the job that he's been doing. Uh, the Astros decided to give $25 million to the walking corpse of Justin Verlander. Uh, Prior to the the lockout, there uh, he's going to be 39 years old in February. 
is is there a chance that Justin Verlander comes back at age 39 and is the Cy Young winner of old for the Astros? I don't know, Joe. I mean, he's he's coming off what Tommy John. I mean, just hasn't pitched, you know, in, in barely what over a year. And uh, what the, was it a one year or two year deal they signed him to? I thought it was maybe two what, years for fifty million. Uh, yes. Two years, fifty million is the the second year is an option year. So yeah, okay, and uh, just uh, just a huge gamble. I mean, people think this is a hell a great move. I just thought, man, I I don't know. I mean, was Tommy John was Tommy John even thirty nine years old when Tommy John had surgery? I, I, that's that's crazy. He's almost forty years old. That's that, and he's going out there and, and going to try and pitch with that 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 kind of surgery on his elbow. It's still a pretty good rotation, even after Verlander, Lance McCullers, Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, you know, Jose Aquiti, Jake Odorizzi, Christian Javier. They've got they've got some depth there. And, but the, uh, you know, and that and the rota- and the lineup is still still pretty strong. Well, and that's Very strong. Is the lineup as strong if they don't re-sign uh, you know, uh, Correa? That's the yeah, the, yeah they've the, got the a good question. They've got a kid named Jeremy uh, Pena who, uh, you know, that, that's kind of slated to replace, uh, um, you know, Correa at shortstop. He had, had two different levels in the minors last year at 297, 10 homers, 21, uh, no, 10, uh, yeah, 10 homers, no, 21 are, I'm sorry, 21, uh, 10 homers, 20, uh, 10 homers, 942 OPS, 579 slugging. So. You know, I guess if if they go that way, they could do that. But uh, you know, but I don't think they're going to resign Correa. It, it doesn't sound like like he's there. He's coming back there. No, you're going to see Correa in pinstripes, and it's going to be just sickening. All right, uh, the Mariners uh, moving up the coast. They were a, a team that you know sort of surprised a lot of people by by staying in contention there down to the last week of the season. Uh, Scott Service wins uh, Manager of the Year. Um, you, you've got the the move that they made to to, to trade with the Padres for Adam Frazier. Uh, that that'll help them. Uh, they signed Robbie Ray, the uh, the AL Cy Young winner, uh, trending kind of kind of trending upward there in Seattle. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, Kyle Seeger, they're a longtime third baseman, retired. So they're going to have to find a replacement for him right now. It's Abraham Toro, but there's been talk about Chris Bryant, maybe bringing Correa in there, playing him at third, uh, Trevor story, you know, Matt Chapman, all the, the usual suspects there. Um, and, uh, Joe, this is, this is a team that won 90 games last year and their offense, their offense, they finished fifth. They had the worst batting average in, in the American league. They had the least, the fewest hits, obviously, in the American League. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had, you know, a 697 uh, and, and scored the, the 11th fewest runs in the American League. And uh, they, they, you know, their rotation was 45 and 45, but the, their bullpen saved 51 games last season. So, you know, that's a strength. But the, their top closer, at least coming back right now, is – is Adam Stecken Rider with 14 saves? So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what Jerry Depoto does there. 
yeah, they have a couple of young uh, arms that that we saw when the when they played uh, Cleveland. Uh, you know, guys who who you could see potential there as as could be you know decent starters for them. So not not a surprise with the the pitching they have and their outfield, according to uh, you know the the major league uh, base major league, uh, MLB pipeline over the last couple of seasons. You're talking Kyle Lewis, uh, Jared Kelnick, uh, and uh, there's there's a third prospect who's uh, Jake Fraley. Jake Fraley. Uh, Jake Fraley. Okay, that you know guys that are just like at the top of the list in terms of uh, prospect talent. So uh, yeah, there's there's a lot there to like about the uh, the Mariners and, and and their prospects for for next season. Uh, finally, the Rangers, who were uh, you know, basement of uh, not just the, the AOS, but pretty much all of baseball uh, last season. They've, they made some big moves uh, before the lockout. Uh, you know, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon. Uh, they added John Gray. Um, do we expect any sort of turnaround for, uh, for the Rangers in, in, uh, in 2022? Those, yeah, those, those three guys and Cole Calhoun, that was, all, that was a cool half billion. Billion with a B dollars that they that that they spent in Texas. I that's that's a lot of money. That's, that's oil money there. Like, oh, that, that's oil money. Oh, and and I and the, the rotation. I don't know, Joe. I mean, uh, you, okay, John Gray, and he's you know he's is he a lead dog starter? I don't know. I mean, I but I uh, you've so. got you know Dane Dunning five and nine, Colby Allard three and twelve, Taylor Hearn. Six and five, Spencer Howard, zero and five, you know, Glenn Otto, zero and three. I mean, you got you got some you got some serious question marks here in, in the rotation, and uh, you know it's. I, I I think those you know obviously, you know the, the additions are going to help that offense, and they and they need it. They they finished last with in runs, fourteenth in home runs, fourteenth in batting average, and fifteenth in OPS. Last they're, they're oil rich in their uh, their lineup now, and they're dirt poor in their rotation. That's uh, that, that's Texas. Uh, yeah, that's I, I think, like you said, there are there are a few pieces in that lineup that are not. I like Isaiah Kiner Falefa. He's uh, you know defensively he's he's solid and he's a, a guy who can put the bat on the ball. Uh, I like I've liked him in a, in a variety of positions, but. Uh, you know, who knows if, if adding Simeon and, and Seager is, is going to be enough to sort of inject some life into that, uh, that lineup. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Does uh, Kyler Falefa move back to third now, you think? I, I, he's got to, right. You're not, you're playing, you, you signed, you signed two shortstops and one of them played yeah. second base last year. So uh, I, I think, yeah, you got to play Seager at, at shortstop and move Kyler Falefa over to third. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our look at the American League West. We'll take a look at the National League teams in three divisions uh, next week. Uh, we'll come at you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with uh, new podcasts as we continue to monitor the lockout situation. Hoinsey, as always, uh, great to talk to you, and we'll, we'll catch up next week. All right, Joe.